You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. So it's January. Um, if you're watching this live, which means it's the beginning of the year and everybody's talking goals, resolutions, blah, blah, blah. For me, goals are year round, but to help people ease into the new year, my January topics have been mind, body, spirit. So we started with mindset and then we talked health and wellness. And now probably the most fun one, we're going to be talking about tapping into your spirit. And today, and Sherry is so excited, I have fellow mango author sherry rickard blue today and she is the author of simply celebrate which is also her website and she's all about celebrating and finding joy in all the moments of life and sherry's always so perky and i'm just so good to see you and i also have roger killen who did the honor of having me speak with her his Entrepreneur International Network back in December, and I am glad to turn the tables and bring Roger, who's the Ted King. Can we call you Ted King? I'm sure you love being royalty. Um, So welcome, both of you. I would love for you to take a minute or two and tell everybody about you. And let's um, let's start with you, Sherry. Oh, hi, Deb. So good to see you. Hey, Roger. Hey, everybody. So um, I am the author of Say It Now, which is 33 creative ways to say I love you to the most important people in your life. And I say that first because that is sort of the best introduction to who I am, because the whole idea of saying it now for me was one of the ways I really tapped into who I am and tapped into my spirit, which I'm sure we'll be talking more about all of that soon. But I also love to tell people when I first meet them that my work all about celebration and love and appreciation actually started from a time in my life when I went through a suicidal period. And so I always think that's important to say because a lot of times people think, oh, easy for you, or yeah, you can tap into your spirit, you know, that's simple. But the truth of it is, is that my whole work started from a place of, I just didn't want to be on the planet anymore. And so I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of all of this later, but basically for me, my philosophy is to really live each moment fully. And that coupled with the whole idea of really expressing our love to people we, we, who are in our lives, our family and friends, being who we are in the world, those things have really changed everything for me. Thank you, Deb. Wow. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that 
because I, th I think it's important, especially in, in the world we live in now where every day is not great for everybody. And some people have had wonderful experiences these last two years. Yes, they exist. Some people have had awful, most are in between. And I appreciate the levity. So thank you, Sherry. And I am going to um, invite Roger over to introduce himself. Good to see you, Roger. Your turn, please uh, share who you are, why you're here, and anything else you think is probably relevant. Hello, Deb. Thank you for that invitation. If you have a big, important idea in your head or your heart, and you want to get it out and share it with the world and have a, build, a big impact and build authority for yourself, I may be able to help you. Uh, what I do with uh, my students is uh, help them articulate their big idea in the form of a TED style script. And then I help them find a suitable uh, TED X stage. Uh, and then I support them to deliver their talk in a way that electrifies their live audience and results in a high production value video. And that's who I am when I'm not being a Ted King. Ted actually wouldn't like me being called a Ted King because doubtless Chris Anderson from Ted better deserves the, the status of Ted King. Back to you, Deb. So let's call you the Ted King adjacent. <laughs> what kind of a Ted King? Adjacent. So you're like adjacent to Ted. Uh, what what I meant, we'll do that, is it's the thing that you're really enthusiastic about, about helping people get on stages and also sharing their best self, right? Well, I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I see myself and the messenger and the person with the idea as servants to the idea worth spreading. Our job as responsible custodians on planet Earth is to take these amazing ideas that currently are well-kept secrets and use the, the TED-style format in order to get that idea out there into the world where it can actually have impact and, by the way, build authority for the speaker. But the real, the real challenge is to give that idea massive impact so it will result in a positive experience for humanity. Tapping into your spirit. So what is, what brings you joy? Let's start with, with the $10 gazillion question. And Sherry, let, let's start with you on this one, because I think that's where everything starts. I agree with you so much, Deb. I love that. And I think maybe where joy starts for each of us is what is our unique definition of joy, right? And I know for me that one thing I started to tell you just a little bit about that, that very, very hard and dark time of my life. And I think what I, what I learned the most from that period, because I was graced, obviously I'm still here. Um, I was graced with an understanding that part of what was happening for me was this sense of, of repression of who I was, you know, these voices in my head of like, this is how you should be. You should do this. You should be this sort of person. Why aren't you further along by now? You're such a failure. I know some people can relate to this, having those voices in their head. 
which is the opposite of of what we're talking about today, right? That's and I and I bring that up though only because what I want people to know is is a way out of that. And to me, that process, that practice of being the ones that I know you, Deb, I don't know Roger so well, but I know you, Deb, that I know you practice this all the time with how you talk to yourself. You know, the conversations that you make sure you're having with yourself are joyful and are positive. And so I think first and foremost for me, joy is when we can be really, really present with who we are and our lives. And, and we don't have that sense of there's somewhere else I should be. There's someone better I should be. There's some other version of me. There's some other version of my my spouse or my children. That that's to me the first step of really tapping into who we are. Right. Knowing 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 thyself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I don't know that I talk to myself. I'm just always perky. Really? Let's think about that. Oh yeah, I, I have like I have a two minute limit on stressing out. I knew that because you told me that before. So, do you not have anything? Do you not have any of those like negative voices in your head? Are you blessed that way? Yeah, I kind of am. Now, and not to say that I've always been blessed this way, but yes, I think of every day as a gift and every day as an opportunity to to help others to bring joy to others in the world. And, and when I get frustrated, I, I have basically an internal timer that only lets me do it for a short period of time because then it's negative. I'm all about the law of attraction, abundance things. Um, what, a, what about you, Roger? What brings you joy? What gets you up in the morning? I mean, other than helping people or in addition? Well, to me, uh, joy, is a serious form of happiness and my measure my metric for measuring joy in my life is in terms of impact uh, at my age and stage of life uh, my uh, determination is to use my time and talent to have as much impact as possible <clears throat> which is why i do what i do at both entrepreneurs international network and in helping students uh, uh, script and deliver TED style talks. Uh, if I can support them, have massive impact, then I feel intense joy. So the second part of the question is what's your passion and is it different? Is your passion different than what brings you joy? What do you think? No, uh, the, this whole concept of live a balanced life mm -hmm. uh, doesn't really work for me very well. Uh, I get um, I get so much uh, so much joy, so much fulfillment. The richness in my life is uh, really driven by the degree to which I can support uh, people with great ideas, get them out there into the world, and cause them to have impact. So you get your joy from helping others to be able to help others. Yes, I do. Yeah, well put. <laughs> Very well put. Yes. I love that. What, what about I, you? I, I'm the sandwich in the middle of the joy. The, the two pieces of bread are are the joy, joy and joy, and I'm the salami in the middle. 
Well, anyone who knows me says anybody who mentions food gets, you know, the thumbs up and the gold stars for me. The Roger is the meat of the joy sandwich. Ah. Ah. So what do you think, Sherry? Well, for me, and this will come as no surprise because of the name of my book, Say It Now, I, I definitely get so much of my joy, and it's also my passion, really, is in creative ways to express love and to express appreciation and to be, be with people. I think that when we're talking about tapping into our spirits, the first word that came to my mind when I heard you say that title to me a few weeks ago was really about novelty and creativity. And it's about stepping into, so I love coming up with brand new ways, depending on who the person is that I want to, you know, bestow some love on to come up with something that's really fun and new. And so that just brings me to life. So do you have a new way? Do you have an example? Oh, well, I, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind, so anyone who knows me knows I love to send audio notes. So almost everybody has the, on their phone a voice recorder. And so for the longest time, I would I would call someone and just say, oh, hi, da, 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 and, and be, you know, whatever I was trying to say to them. And then I started using the audio notes to tell people memories or to tell them, hey, I'm thinking of you or, you know, the addition to that, so the, the new thing to that is that I've started using music a lot. So I have an, a friend, Lisa, that I've known all my life. We had, you know, crazy music that we used to listen to back in the day, back in the 80s. So I'll call her and leave her a voice note and I'll play some of that music and just say, do you remember the one time we closed our eyes and tried to walk to Valley View, you know, listening to this song on our Walkman, you know, like that. And it's, it's a way that, um, and, and I encourage people to try this, that if you have an idea for something you want to do, when you start to follow it and you're paying attention, usually other ideas will come in. And I bet Roger knows this, right, from I think the same thing happens when we're creating a talk, right? We start somewhere, and then suddenly it feels like life is talking to us. And to me, that's where there's so much joy and, and passion. Roger, do you agree? Us? And would you please repeat the question? I got a, I got so fascinated with Terry's <laughs> answer that I forgot about the point. <laughs> oh, uh, Sherry, do you want to go back and rephrase? Because you said, I'm sure Roger would agree with me. Right, so Roger, what I was saying is that one of my favorite things about creative gift giving is it usually starts with a little kernel of an idea you know, but then that idea, life throws in a bunch of other, you know, maybe you're reading something and it impacts it or some new idea comes in. And I was saying that I'm guessing it's the same when you're coaching people or working with people to create talks, that it starts with something, but then all sorts of fun and magical things happen along the way. So I guess that's the question. Is that true? Ah, uh, as in a script is life. The more time you spend building infrastructure, the greater the height of the skyscraper can be built on top of it. 
the more time you spend building the infrastructure for life, the greater a person you can be, the more impact you can have, the more authority you can have. Same too with a script. A script needs to begin with a structure. Once you've got the, the fill in the blanks, now you can get really, really creative knowing that you've got the basics taken care of. I think that means I agree with you, but I'm not absolutely sure. Let's go with I agree with you. I was going to say the same thing, Roger. Why not? I think that's that's true, right? Like you do need to have the basic structure and then a little room for, for some magic. What do you think, Deb? <laughs> Always need room for magic. I love that. Well, okay. I do have a thought. Um, I'm just writing that you always need room for magic in the chat because it's so important and definitely something I want to call out when I do my recap. Uh, the dead method, it's all foundation. <laughs> when you think of the life you want, what does that look like? And when you give yourself the gift of the time to figure that out, then you can build anything. And like both of you, I... I love finding the magic in between the starting point and the ending point. But when you know what you're working towards, then you can have fun and play with it, right? But when you're when you're all in, in the writing world, there's the pantsers and the plotters. So the ones who figure out the structure before they write, and then the pantsers who just take a pen and keep going. I I'm both. I think you need the structure but also the freedom. So when you're thinking about what is your mission, what is your motto, that's great. But there's so much more to your life. There's so much more to your goals, but you need that foundation, what you stand for. Then you can fly. Don't you have a part in your book, to, I hope I'm not wrong on this, but don't you have a part where you talk about like, once you know where you're going and you have the map and you're headed in your car, then if you see the big giant dinosaur statue and you want to go run and see it, you can. Is that? Yes, that's it. Right? Is that it? It's, well, this is why I talk so much about the mission and the motto. You know, what do you stand for? So as you're on your journey, you have a filter with which to make decisions. Does this help bring me my authority? Does this help bring my message of goal setting simplified to others? If yes, then you do it. If no, then you ask, will this bring me joy? Will this have another benefit? And then if yes, then yes. So absolutely. Um, Roger, what do you think is the number one thing someone who wants to be tapping into their message? What do you think is the first thing people need to do? What was that word? It sounded like it began with H. What's the first thing that somebody who wants to something in their message? Oh, wants to tap into their message. What is the first thing? That wants they, to tap into their message. Yes. You know, when you when you get a bright, shiny new toy saying, Roger, I have something to say. I don't know what it is. What do you tell them to do? Uh, well, I hope they don't do that. Uh, but when they do which is frequent, the whole challenge is clarity. Uh, if somebody has got this 
statement in the palm of their hand and it's swirling around and it's covered in fog and mist, then if they are unable to articulate it, I ask them just to blurt and then I'll do my best to listen intently and then I'll state back what I think I heard. And between us, I hope we will end up with something that amounts to a clear, coherent thought. Blurt it out, very much like, like journaling, brainstorming, whatever, and then refining it. Yes. I like that. Um, so Sherry, what about you? What do you say to people who are like at wit's end and they have a message, but they don't know what the message is? All right, well, I'm going to relate it just for fun to, to my topic, which is love and appreciation, right? So let's say which is what a question I get all the time. Oh, I really want to do something special for my mom or for my spouse or for my child, I, but I don't know what to do. You know, it's very similar to what, what you guys are saying, which is the first thing I do would be to walk people through getting quiet and thinking about a brainstorm, right? It's kind of like the blurting. What do you love about this person? What makes them unique? What do they love? What do you do together? What do you hear them wishing for? What do they... Did you ever hear them say, you know, that they were dreaming about something? What do you think they need? What what gifts have they given you that have meant so much, right? So just kind of like you're saying, a brainstorm, because love, just like everything else, is a practice. And it's just like everything else. We actually do have to practice loving people more deeply or more creatively. And we need to tap into their spirit which back to the wonderful title of this conversation today, right? That it's like, to, in order to tap into anybody's spirit, we have to take the time. The time. That is, you know, time. It's a four-letter word. <laughs> Some people think of it in the negative connotation. So we're talking into, we're talking about tapping into your own spirit but what you're saying is to do that, you have to tap into the spirit of others. Well, I wouldn't really say that. But I, what, I, what I was answering was only what you were saying about if they had a message, which isn't really, not really the work I do. So I was just trying to say if, if someone wanted to express their love or appreciation, I think we can very well, and I hope we all do, tap into our own spirit in dozens and dozens of different ways. For example, oh, Roger, did you have a thought? I was just going to share that I uh, have a tool that I use when uh, I'm the one with the confusing message. Uh, I find that if I force myself to create a PowerPoint slide deck uh, using images and a maximum of three words per slide, then by the time I finish that slide deck, I'm really clear mm. on what in fact my message is. Now, another way to do it that isn't as good is to write myself an email with no subject line. I just write and eventually the subject line becomes clear and the subject line is the essence of my idea. Ooh, right. I love that. That's great. So even, so you did this for yourself. I do. 
write the email first. It's almost like writing the ending of a story and then coming up with the beginning or the title, right? Well, the body of the email is my blurt. Mm -hmm. Blurt it out. And as you write, writing has an incredibly powerful way of forcing into the mind of the writer insight. And by the time you finish that email, you pretty much know what that subject line is going to be. And that's the core message of your of this idea that otherwise was swirling around and not settling. Why do you think so many people have trouble tapping into do who they are? Roger, do you have a thought? Why do people have so much trouble tapping into who they are? Do you mean into what their purpose in life is? Yes, that. Uh, purpose in life. Yes, I'm pretty clear on what the, the answer to that is. Would you like me I, to share my thought with you? I would love to know what what stops people, why they have trouble finding their purpose. Because it's so obvious. We trip over it multiple times a day. And our purpose in life is something that we are uniquely, extraordinarily, amazingly good at, that to each of us is like falling off a log. It's so easy. So they I, just can't see it. I beg your pardon? They can't see it. None of us can see it. We're, we're too close to it. But, but others, if they're asked the right questions, can see it. And the right, no, it's not the right questions, it's the right question. Based upon what, how you have observed me in life, under what circumstances do you find me being most joyful? And when that answer is given by multiple people, they will likely find that thing that you are amazingly good at, do really, really well, and receive an awful lot of acknowledgement from other people as to the excellence that uh, that you bring on that thing. I I uh, ten years, twenty years ago now, I learned this lesson on a bus ride on the way back from a meetup group, where the speaker was speaking on this subject. I believe she called it, "What's your circle of inf What's your circle of excellence?" or "What's your pillar of genius?" Something like that. Mm -hmm. and on my way home, I realized that since the age of nothing, the age of four, I have been organizing events. And to me, it is simple, simple, simple. Uh, uh, half an hour later, I'd organized my wedding. Done. Uh, uh, other people are flabbergasted at how well I organized TEDx Stanley Park and other multi-thousand person events. I'm really, really good at that, but was in total denial. Didn't even recognize it until that bus ride on the way home after that speaker was speaking at that meetup. And, and once I realized that, I then leveraged that in order to do as much good in the world as I could by creating uh, uh, TEDx Stanley Park, by creating Entrepreneurs International Network, 
and these entities now are having huge positive impacts on on, on humanity. Uh, so that's a kind of a long-winded answer to your question, Deb. Back to you. Well, that's my favorite kind of an answer. But follow-up question: What kind of events did you plan when you were four? My uh, mum and dad uh, in Northern Ireland used to have a double garage, and I organized ghost train rides for my uh, for the neighborhood kids, and I charged them all a penny. Wow. That's awesome. So what did you do next? So that was when you were four. Yeah. Did you, when you were five, did you try something else? Or was, or was I, there I, a leap? I've been organizing events. Um, my mom and dad at the age of nothing would delegate me the job of organizing Christmas dinner. No, not cooking it, just organizing it. Who sat where? Uh, the good plates, the bad plates, uh, uh, any guests being invited, that was my job. Uh, uh, I, that's what I've been doing my entire life without recognizing how amazingly good I was at it. That's, that's just brilliant. <laughs> but we all, we all can do it. It's just that it took this speaker at this meetup to trigger mm -hmm. my consciousness about it and we all have got this unique pillar of genius inside us somewhere we just got to find it and then harness its power to leverage our goodness for humanity and what you were saying reminded me of when when my mom would do thanksgiving when i was a kid i was in charge of the trays in organizing all the different things. And that totally makes sense that now I organize goals. We can just take it all the way back to those, right? Yep, you got to it. The, to those things. So that's, that's so interesting. The other thing too, so before I started to love to cook, I, and we can blame plating because I was trying to figure, I just didn't care about the food. I wanted to learn plating. And anybody I asked about it so said, no doubt, you have to cook the food in order to plate it. So I think there's another, um, some sort of, um, I don't know, psychological connection to that. Because I, I do talk about uh, cooking and Instant Pot for productivity. So now I know it goes back to those early days of putting crackers in a row on trays. It's, it's yeah. why we were put on this earth. I, I think so, too. It just manifests itself in different ways. Mm -hmm. And we're so close to it, we don't see the pattern. Well, and even for me, I started doing, I was doing events for Barnes & Noble when I started my first goal group because someone said, will you start a writer support group? And I said, if you think people will show up, sure, let's try it. And I did my definition of what that meant which was bringing people together. What did you accomplish? What are you working on? How can we support you? Which is basically me now too. So I guess we're just gonna merge all of the, all of the Debnesses from, <laughs> I feel like a Hallmark movie, all the Debs from Deb past to Deb present and future. Anyway, so Sherry, what about you? What, what do you, do you have something to this trigger? Yes, it did. I love this conversation. What it triggered for me is a little bit different, but again, I think it's the same process, which is 
in the world where I coach and where, you know, I work with people, I ask people to look for something called pinpricks of light, which comes from, you know, that time that I was so much in the dark and it felt like an iron wall closing in on me. I had a, a great epiphany about a tiny moment of joy within that can be like a pinprick of light. And a, a light in the darkness makes all the difference in the world. And so I invite people that I work with to look for and also to create what I call pinpricks of light or to look for sparkles. And where this relates to what you guys are talking about is that if each the three of us were all here in my backyard and we were told to go look for something that made us feel good or made us happy or made us smile or brought us a little joy, it's likely we three would all find something different, right? We would come meet back and we would each have something different. And we probably have like just some sort of innate reason why, like you guys are talking about maybe from our childhood. And so for me, what I think is really important when we're talking about connecting to our spirit and tapping into that is what sparkles, you know, when you're walking around, you know, like, I look at you, Deb, and it's like you have this beautiful red lipstick, right? And so that might be my, like, Deb sparkle right now. Like, right? Because I love color. And that just seems to be something that that helps me feel more alive. You know, someone else might, you know, clue into some other, some other thing. So I guess that's my, you know, one thing I invite people to do is to really pay close attention. You know, other people might call it, like, you know, what's calling to you or what's speaking to you or, you know, what's that little nudge you're getting in the world. To me, those are all like things that we can pay attention to because if we follow them, like you followed the crackers on the plate or like <laughs> Roger, you know, I'm going to make a ghost train, then that those things release this like beautiful, joyful energy. I, I think that's, you reminded me of something else. When I used to lead my original writers group, when it was writers and not uh, what it evolved to with goals, was I would do a writing exercise and it would just be, okay, I would just pick something off of the table. This is the subject, you write about it and everybody would come back with something different. And what was interesting and one thing I, I kind of did but always wanted to do more of is people would write their stories and then after a while you could pass the papers around and have different people read others' work and then be able to know the people well enough to know who looked at things which way. I love that, Deb. That's so beautiful, isn't it? Well, it's just, it's, you have this gift of the joy in the observation, but Roger has this gift of the impact in the observation. So there's there's a very nice little Venn diagram of observation going on in this conversation. Well, right, because if you don't mind me saying, I mean, this is a big topic that we're we're, we're talking about right now, right? Like tapping into our spirit. That's why I said, like, I, I feel like we could go in dozens, if not hundreds of directions because it's so juicy. But mm -hmm. but there is there is the joy of tapping into who we are, tapping into our spirit, tapping into our life force, right smack in the moment, right? Where we're not really maybe even creating something intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, you take it to this whole spectrum, like 
were what also what you two both help people do, which is to also really intentionally craft something that's going to be impactful, which is also a whole form of joy and self-expression. Yes. Well, and, and you know, well, you both know, well, people are listening also know this <laughs> about me. You know, I believe everybody deserves to be happy in some, if not all of their life. Mm. If you can't make big changes, you should be making little changes. And so what, let's talk about, let's talk to those lost people because it's, it's the beginning of the year. And, and so I go from January, new year to new you to February, fresh start you know, to get all the people who fell off the goal wagon in the first month of the year and pick them back up and move them forward. What are some things people can do to become reacquainted with themselves? Not maybe it's work, but maybe it's personal. Um, Roger, thoughts? What can people do to become reacquainted with themselves? Well, have children is a good start. I can't make that a goal, but, but I if, like where you're going with it. <laughs> but, but if you don't want to go to that uh, irreversible level, deep conversations with uh, people who care, and particularly with one person who will care forever, and that's yourself. Those deep conversations are a great way to put a mirror in front of yourself and uh, see who you are, what you've become. Writing, uh, journaling is a great way to uh, reflect, self-reflect. I can't think of anything else, Deb. Those are good. I like those. Oh, what about you, Sherry? Yeah, I love all of those, Roger. I think those are beautiful. Like, they're all such great ways to connect. I immediately thought, I think Deb knows this about me, but I used to, before the pandemic, I would take myself on retreats four times a year. So I would go away where there was no internet, no phone. And not that everybody can do that, especially right now, but people could set aside half a day, for instance, let's say a Saturday where it's just my day. And I think it's a really interesting thing to see what do we want to do when we're given a certain amount of time that is just for us? You know, do we think, oh, I want to go, you know, walk in the woods? Do I want to read this book that's been sitting on my shelf calling to me? Do I want to, you know, go on a little adventure do I want to pick up the guitar that I haven't picked up? I mean, I think that we get clues, but we need to have a container oftentimes because our lives are, are often so scheduled and so busy that there's, there's not a lot of time really for that just freedom to tap into our spirit. And mm -hmm. I think our spirit talks to us. And that's kind of what Roger was saying too, like when you're writing or, you know, all the different in conversation, it's the same thing. We get clues. So that's my, I, I suggest people try as much as possible to give themselves spaces of time to really be with themselves. That's I completely agree. The only thing I would add to that is just set aside those times to have the conversations with the loved ones or conversations with yourself or walks in nature, those times to disconnect 
because that's going to, to fill you more. So Roger, I want to go into your center of, of genius again, a little bit for people creating the heads of impact, getting their impact out there. Do you have a good story, a nice anecdote or success story to share of someone who you've helped and how you've helped? I have 118 of them, but the one that... Um, what sticks out? The one that made the most impact on me was a lady uh, whose name was Romana. And Romana's husband had gouged her eyeballs out because she was uppity and came to the West, to the University of British Columbia to advance her education while he remained in Pakistan. And then when she returned to Pakistan to let him know that she was divorcing him and to get custody of their daughter, he, uh, he used his thumbs to uh, gouge uh, out her eyeballs and then bit the front of her nose off to disfigure her so that no other man would ever want to look at her again. And uh, that, that, action, that story in and of itself is not the real story. The real story is that in 2015 TEDx Stanley Park, uh, I always structured speakers so that the strongest speaker would go first and then the weakest speaker would go second because the weakest speaker would bask in the glory of the strongest speaker. And as soon as you have two speakers getting standing ovations, now you have infused into the audience the culture of standing ovations. Well, my weakest, my strongest speaker bombed. Second speaker was Ramana. And during practice, Ramana had not been distinguishing in any shape, size or form. But Ramana was completely blind and so was able to memorize a script just like that, like she was a five-year-old. So Ramana and her coach and I sat down and wrote her script, described her terrible experience while she was in Pakistan. And literally three or four days later, she took that stage and she began very, very softly. Every time I think about this, I, uh, I become tearful. She began that uh, as a very average speaker, but then at some point early in the speech, she said the words, can't even remember what words they were, but you could hear a pin drop. She had captured the hearts of the audience. And then she told her story. Then she told her story and then she told about the, her transformation to being an advocate for domestic women experiencing domestic violence. And Rom Romana 
received the longest standing ovation any speaker I have ever worked with received. <clears throat> she not only launched herself as a speaker, she's now a professional speaker talking. She's also a, a lawyer. She is one of the most accomplished women I have ever encountered. She, her blindness has not stopped her. She is just an admirable human being with the most delightful daughter who loves her to the moon and back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel that I made a, a contribution to the creation of this great mouthpiece for humanity, extolling the virtues of nonviolence and good communication. Uh, she ha also happened to save the event. Uh, and she put me on the map as a TEDx producer. So multiple things happened as a result of that 15 minutes that Romana stood on that stage with her stick, motionless, uh, explaining and describing her, her situation, transforming hearts, transforming minds. Uh, uh, I, just, I just have the hugest imagination uh, for that woman. A hugest admiration, not imagination, admiration for that woman. Well, Back to you, Deb. well, we're done. I don't think we. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else we can say. No, that's not true. We we get. Uh, I have another of... 117 stories, <laughs> but we probably don't have time. Uh, we don't. But I, when you were when you were talking, I did find the link to Romana's TEDx, and Romana I will also. M O N Z U R. Uh, I I just did I googled her name Stanley Park, and it came right up. Even though I misspelled it the first time, so I put that in the chat, and I will put that in the recap as well. And so, if you go to thedebmethod.com/blog, you will be able to read the recap and get the links from this and the other episodes. So, uh, I think. Sherry, do you have anything to, do you have a, a heart-wrenching story as well? <laughs> I do have a heart, I have about as like Roger does. Um, that's the beauty of this work, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll just make it, I'll see if I can make it a little shorter so we can have some time for more conversation. But um, the first thing that came to my mind is I, my favorite gift to give people is called a love list, which is basically a brainstorm of reasons why you love someone, specific reasons you know, very specific brainstorm. And I, nothing makes me happier than when people send me stories about love lists they've given people and the impact it's had. But the best one that, that always sticks with me is someone in my community that I didn't even really know was following my newsletter, but she had seen the idea of a love list and she and her children made her husband loveless for his 53rd birthday. It wasn't a special birthday, you know, in terms of milestone birthday or anything, but she saw the idea. She was moved to do it. They made these beautiful lists. She wrote to me and said, oh, my husband cried when he got those lists. He's, he was so wonderful. Two months later, I got an email from Sarah. Her husband had died like that, a heart attack, 53, right? Totally unexpected. And the reason I tell that story is because she didn't wait 
right? She could have thought, oh, that's a great idea when he turns 60 or I'll do that when, but she didn't. She did it right then. And he got to read all the reasons that they love him. That was his last birthday gift. And she told me that she and her children, right? They, they didn't have any of those regrets that a lot of people have when someone dies. I mean, of course they were just grief ridden, right? But, but they didn't have regret because they didn't, he didn't die without knowing how loved he was and why. And so for me, that's just, that's, that's why the book is called Say It Now, right? That it's like, don't wait because we just don't know. We just don't know. That's a beautiful story, Sherry. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you, Roger. Yes, you took the words out of my mouth. Wow. Um, in lessons in everything we're talking about today. And I, that's the beauty of these conversations because when I put my people together, I don't know. We just, we're just talking and we get to let you listen. And I just feel completely blessed for um, for the stories and the advice and the insights from both of you today, because it's, you never know. So you have to be out there. You have to do your thing. You have a message to share, share it because you never know. And the time is always, when is the best time to do something? You know, yesterday, second best time is now. So there you go. Before we wrap, I want to leave our, listeners slash viewers slash audience with with simple goals what is one thing they can do today tomorrow today or tomorrow to really tap into their spirit and figure out what is in their core uh sherry do you want to start with a, a goal to gift i will because again the love list what i just described is to me a way to gift somebody with love, but it's also a way to tap into our own spirit. And so what I would ask someone to do, it doesn't have to be a big long list, three things, you know? So after you hear this, take 10 minutes and think of a few things you love about somebody and you could write them in a greeting card, you could text it to someone, you could hide it in their shoe on a slip of paper, you could put it under their dinner plate, you could, thousands of ways to, to present it, but to do it and just watch what happens. Like watch how you feel when you're thinking of reasons you love somebody. I love that. I know I had to use that word. Can I tack on a bonus goal to that? Yes. Because I love to make a love list for someone else, but when you're done, make one for yourself. Yes. I, I call those loveless selfies. So yeah, so take yeah, a loveless make a selfie. loveless selfie. So the next time you need that little boost, it's there. You know, put it, put it in that place. You know, next to your goals, next to your mission, next to your motto. By your visualization, include a love list. Why you love you, and when you need that hit of yay or warmth or whatever it is, is there for you. Roger, do you have a goal to gift our people? A goal to gift? Uh, a goal to gift? Yes. 
when you love someone, your goal, one of your many goals in that relationship is to support them being as big as they can possibly be because there is no merit in this one and only precious life we have to living small. Support that person, be all they can be, and often that will mean finding the idea that they have inside them, in their head or in their heart, and support them, get it out there where it can actually have an impact and build their authority. That's my goal in each loving relationship. That's beautiful, Roger. Love that. Thank you, Sherry. I love that too. It's in, uh, even more so than that, one of the things you just said really struck a nerve, which is there's no merit in living small. Now I am an extrovert, shock of all shocks. I think, yeah, <laughs> as our, um, Sherry, are you an introverted extrovert? Yes, how did you know? I'm a halfy, halfy. <laughs> and, and I believe Roger, you're all out there in terms of helping people not only make their lives good, but improve the lives of others through their message and what they have to say. So we, we've got two and a half extroverts here. And I think especially for an extrovert to have them support the others around them in living big. I believe that that's a good goal for everybody. The world would be a such better place if we were all happy and how do you get your happy? Figure out, tap into your spirit. Mm -hmm. Figure out what brings you joy, what ignites your passion, and what you need to do to get out there. So these are, I love this very heartfelt conversation. I've gotten goosebumps multiple times. Thank you both so much. Um, before we wrap, will you please tell people where they can find you, um, Sherry? Sure. My website is simplycelebrate.net. And if you do a uh, forward slash love, you can download a whole loveless toolkit and it'll make it really easy to create. And my book is on Amazon. It's Say It Now. Yes, and I have that link in here as well. Because you are amazingly organized, Deb. You are the best. I appreciate that. Um, and it's it's here, it's here somewhere. It will be in the recap. So go to thedebmethod.com slash oh here it is. There is the magic Amazon link to Sherry's book. And so simplycelebrate.com slash love is the love list toolkit. Dot net. Just to be dot net. Right. Simplycelebrate.net slash love. I just want to make sure I put it in the show notes. Roger, where can people find you? I would love to say the telephone book, but no one knows what that is. <laughs> right? You're, you're welcome to call me at 604-408-0888. But you can just as easily send me an email at rogerk at getinspiredtalks.com. Roger K, getinspiredtalks.com. I'm happy to give you a few minutes to discuss your idea to see if it's Ted worthy and if it's not, to make suggestions as to how you can massage it to become Ted worthy. Fantastic. 
So you can call or email Roger. You can learn how to make love lists from Sherry. And if you need a little help with your goals, I happen to know this really nice book, Your Goal Guide, which you can find on Amazon or at your favorite place to buy books. If you want to learn more about me and what I do, you can go to thedebmethod.com slash goals or, and or follow me. I'm at the Deb Method everywhere. Um, <laughs> and this is why I do this. We're, we're here to inspire and help up-level others. And I so appreciate you all. Do you have a final thought, Roger, a final thought, Sherry, before we wrap? Ideas are magic but not if they are kept in the dark. Find a way to get them out there. Find a way to give them legs. Find a way to give them wings so that they can have impact and build your authority. Mm, that's fantastic. What about you, Sherry? Final thought? My final thought is just to remind people, we don't know how long we have. We don't know how long the people in our lives have. Don't wait. Not only say it now, but also celebrate now. Have fun. And love the people in your life. Say it now. Celebrate now. Have fun and love your people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what I do is I say, okay, let's make it simple. It is simple. It is simple. Right? Well, this has been a beautiful conversation. I thank you so much, Sherry, and so much, Roger, for joining me today. And as I said, uh, you can go to thedebmethod.com slash blog and get the show notes and the links that were discussed in this uh, wonderful conversation. And in the meantime, thank you all for tuning in and for choosing yourself, because when you choose yourself, when you choose your goals, it's one of the best gifts you can give you. So just go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.